Welcome to the 3v3 Podcast, a weekly look at the world of hockey with your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. All right. Well, what I wrote down at the end of our last episode was, um, what is the one thing in hockey that people tend to get wrong a lot that drives you absolutely nuts? Yeah, Go ahead, I was going to say that you said that better than I would have. No, Magic, that's exactly the way you said it. <laughs> I know, but to repeat, repeat it back here, uh, no, wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Patrick. I'm curious your guys' answers because I might, I might go on a rant or a history lesson. Or both. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> I want to say goaltender interference. <laughs> oh, nobody gets that right. <laughs> no, it's. Oh God. Okay. Anyway, it's in the fricking rule book. It's not that hard to decipher. People just don't understand the rule book. So if there's one thing that people get wrong constantly, it's the rule book. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm. I would have to agree with that. You know, now, now granted we don't make it easy in our officiating world because as has been noted by many people, you could literally call a penalty every minute of every play of every game. If you actually if, play, you, if you actually called it by the book. If you went strictly by the verbiage and black and white that's in there, yes. Mm-hmm. But and and it's and it's that gray area that drives people nuts more than anything. Well, it's not too terribly gray when you look at it. For goaltender interference, I mean. Well, I mean, that's for everything. It's the intent. Intent drives me crazy. Correct. It's a, oh, either oh. either they did it or they did not. It doesn't matter what the intent is. I Did I just hear a heavy sigh from Mr. Clark? Yeah, you did a little bit. Because okay. it's... Fire away. Intent isn't the word that ever bugs me. I, I actually... I can't, I don't take a tent. When I used to officiate, I would never take it into consideration because uh, I actually called one of my teammates out this past last weekend because he took a pretty bad penalty that was obvious and half the bench couldn't understand. He was like, my stick was there on his hands and I wasn't trying to hook him or trip him down. Well, no, I could tell you weren't trying. You just got beat worse than uh, Morgan Riley did <laughs> by, you know, some some hockey player from uh, the Toronto area. Um, I forget his name. Um, and so intent is never the word that I I hate that word. The word that should be used more, at least with the NHL rulebook, is impediment. Like... No one understands how interference works half the time. But if you start describing situations in terms of using the word impede, and more importantly, is the player who's being done dirty, is he still moving his feet? Is he still making an attempt to do something? Or has he given up because he thinks he's going to get a call? Oh, that just like... Drives me crazy where the, you get the you get the uh, um, two minutes for diving and two minutes for tripping. I'm like, it's one or the other. It's not both. I mean, I, I can think, understand I, how I it can th- be both. I think it can be both but, in some situations, 
I do, they, all they, the flipping time. Yeah, it's terrible. You you think one should supersede the other? Exactly. That's my opinion too. Yeah. Well, see, I, I, go ahead, I mean, John. you can have both. I I, I understand I that. But can have both, but more than likely, which is a more egregious one, you know, it's like, oh, nine times out of the ten, it, it, it's the unsportsmanlike. It's the dive. Yeah. 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 But yeah, so that drives me crazy. And the one time it does drive me nuts is whenever it relates to a high sticking call, like people that complain about the embellishment there. Well, I would love to take my stick and just swing it in your face as hard as I can, and let's see if I miss. Mm-hmm. And if it, well, what's your reaction, regardless, when I get it close? It's the flinch effect. Yeah, of course right? it is. You know. So, yeah, I, I mean, you know, the the head whips are always. The head I, whips, the dropped sticks on slashes or hooks. Oh God, people that, people that go full yard sale when you know. Something brushes by them or touches people their people who watch too much soccer, European soccer. You mean? Oh, it's not just European. Watch the MLS; they do it here too. It's, right. It's well, just, I know. It's just part of the color of the sport. Mm. So mine was the rule book, Mister Clark. Mine is rule book adjacent, mainly because it's in there, <laughs> and. You want to see how nerdy I got on this one? Section two, rule <laughs> six point two, alternate captains. <laughs> alternate captains. It drives me nuts when people call them assistant captains or associate captains. I've heard that too. Well, you can blame Philadelphia for that one. Because they actually tried to create the associate captain position uh, when uh, Kimo Timonen was on the roster. Can you tell I did a little research for this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I was trying to go down a rabbit hole to see, you know, how far back alternate captains were were established, and sure enough. Dating back, well, around 1886, (laughs) there was such a thing as an assistant captain. Uh, Dating, uh, referenced in a uh, a 100-page handbook named uh, Hockey, Canada's Royal Winter Game, published in 1899, actually referenced the assistant captain. Mm-hmm. Back when captains had real jobs and responsibilities, such as, you know, finding referees and goal judges. Um, but yeah, assistant and alternate. It's, it's just laziness when everyone calls it assistant because they just say, hey, A is for his assistant. You're not the main person, you're their helper. Okay. Um, can can you have an alternate if you don't have a captain then? What's the, what by definition? If you don't you, have a captain, how can you have an alternate? Well, you can blame an arbitrary six team for that one. Uh, yeah, you can technically. Right. Uh, how many alternates can you have? 
because San Jose has four, so I like to call them the San Jose Sharks. It's all A's. It's just all A's in there. That's football. Now, now you're talking about a football team with their their. I mean, they might as well go out to center ice and shake hands and flip a coin at that point. But at least footballs kind of makes sense. They're designated to the point where one should be on the field to play at all times. Right. Typically. Two special defensive teams, players, yeah, defense, two, offense. two offensive players, and a special teams. So that's the extent okay. of my football knowledge these days. So um, should we should we have a captain of the power play and a captain of the penalty kill in hockey and a captain of five on five? I'm waiting yeah, for Yeah, because usually to do those it. guys come. The, the the if if there's no one with a letter on the ice at the time of a penalty, then usually the captain comes off the bench to talk to the referee. The captain so, is not available. Say they're in the press, in the penalty box, or they've been injured in the game. Then it's the senior guy with the A on his jersey that comes off the bench and talks to the. It should be that way. It usually is that way. It's not always that way. I'm just saying, you know, because football they have, you know, captain and, and alternate associate captain of offense, defense, special teams, but they all. But they all wear the letter C. Well, yeah. But don't they have little stars underneath? Stars upon the R's? To indicate whether they're... I am shocked the NHL didn't introduce that after the NFL did. I I only have vague recollection of what it looks like because I watched a football game recently. Due to my family being here, my aunt is a big um, 49ers fan. Poor thing. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> and um, obviously my mother is a big Seahawks fan, so the two of them were being sisters about mm-hmm. football. To the point, honest to God, to the point where they had to separate themselves and one watched one game in <laughs> in the living room and one watched one game in the bedroom. Because <laughs> they couldn't be in the same room together. Sounds like family. Mm-hmm. It certainly does. How long am I in this hell for? Oh, I <laughs> my house is done. Okay, anyway. <clears throat> Cassie, did you have one? <laughs> I did. And this will come to no surprise to anybody that mine is geographic NHL rivalries. Geographic. Um, the thing that drives me absolutely crazy, and it starts with the media, it kind of trickles down to the fans, but not so much to the actual fan bases themselves, is this concept of because you're in the same state, there's this natural rivalry going on. And I blogged about the Tampa Bay Lightning for 10 years, and people were talking about this natural geographic rivalry with the Florida Panthers that were was completely non-existent. <laughs> did not happen it was there was nothing there it was just marketing and that is it um in order to have a true rivalry you both have to be playing for something important and you have one has to knock the other off and out you know and sometimes it's an injury where like that's what started off the red wings abs 90s and early 2000s rivalry when Chris Draper's face got smashed in by Claude Lemieux. Um, but a lot of the times it's just when the, both teams are good and they're both playing for a playoff spot or they're both in playoffs facing each other 
and it gets nasty that way because they're actually playing for something meaningful and they're both good teams. That's how you develop a rivalry. But, you know, there's this whole already Seattle-Vancouver rivalry when the, when the Seattle team comes into the NHL. And as Patrick knows, Seattle has a natural rivalry with Portland for a variety of reasons, not so much with Vancouver. Vancouver's just like that cousin we see every once in a while that you know kind of annoys you but he's still just like no threat to you in any way shape or form yeah lovable cousin you know they, yeah. they, sometimes you you like pick on you pick on each other but in a friendly kind of way and that's it yeah but you know everybody in vancouver is a, a seahawks fan or a mariners fan mm-hmm. so how can you have a rivalry when half this when half the city up there is like we still love two of your sports teams <laughs> you know there's no visceral hatred like there is with portland that's just portland's gross i mean portland you have you have major league soccer you have you had for a long time nba um you know there's the the junior hockey thing going on too and there's a rivalry because both teams were, you know, cities teams were good at the same time and they were annoying each other, you know? I mean, so there's a rivalry there because historically each city had a team that played against each other for something important. And that's why. But Vancouver, there's nothing. I mean, you have Major League Soccer now, but there's nothing before that. Even then, that's just... So, yes, Cassie and I discussed this at length and the whole... I, I, I didn't record it, and I really should have. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just basically let her go, and boy, howdy. <laughs> Energizer Bunny was like, I'm done, I'm out. <laughs> I can't keep up with that. So, again, it's mostly media. It's a media-driven narrative so that, you know, they have something to market when there's really nothing to market. But, and then because the media is driving it, everybody outside of the two fan bases in question start to believe it. But the two fan bases in question, regardless of who they may be, are looking around going, no, (laughs) what are you talking about? We've got nothing. (laughs) So, always annoys me. I blame the Hatfields and McCoys. Mm. They were fighting for so long, they thought they were supposed to fight, and no one knew why. And I think we've just kind of ingrained that kind of mentality where, oh, those people over there were just not supposed to like. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like the Skywalkers and the Palpatines. I'm sorry. I still, (laughs) I haven't seen the movie yet, so I'm just, you know, (laughs) I'm just throwing that out there. God. Well, I mean, you know, like the Caps and, and Carolina didn't have a rivalry at all until like recently. Like last year when yeah. they played in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I would argue they still don't. It was just right. one series. It has to be, it has to happen over multiple periods of time or multiple events. Like so far, the games between the two clubs this regular season, eh, 
it's been a little feisty. So th- there's something that's potentially there, but if they don't play in the playoffs this spring or it's, you know, another four or five years and, you know, major parties are gone, like once Ovechkin and Backstrom are say no longer playing with the caps and then the teams meet again for the, for the next time in the playoffs, is it really a rivalry anymore when, you know, I mean, that's pe- what happened to Colorado and Detroit, right? Yeah, I mean, cause they, they played Every well, year and there was some. It, I mean, it took stuff. it took like five years after the fact that nobody was on either team that was a part of the original rivalry for people to realize, oh, we don't have a rivalry anymore. <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> once, I mean, that one kind of died pretty much once Wall retired, because I think what I think what really threw that rivalry over the edge and put it into you know, forever legendary status was the goalie fights. Yeah. You know, while coming out and then getting, you know, Osgood. Uh, well, while coming out and Shanahan going after him and then Osgood coming out and then Juan Osgood go, that was, you know, Juan Vernon and Juan, well, pretty much everyone. Um, <laughs> I think that's the one that really, because for all intent and purposes, the um, Draper thing was it it festered because the Red Wings didn't do anything in the next few meetings for for various reasons I I don't I don't particularly care I'm just you know historically it it just sort of festered and brewed well it was also and it exploded I mean Claude Lemieux is was never a likable player anyway Spite your tongue. By other player, other teams, fan bases. I mean, yeah, he's one of those players that everybody on their on on the team he played for loved, but very few people uh, oh, yeah. liked him outside of the team he was playing for. Is Esatikin and Matthew Kachuk, Brady yeah. Kachuk, Keith Tom Kachuk, Wilson, Tom Wilson. Well, yeah. <laughs> those those guys that that walk right up to the edge, tip their toe over it, and then go, what are you going to do? And then pull their toe back and sit there with that, you know, and shitty smirk. grin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, ah, 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 ah. That, you know. Well, I, I mean, it, it was the Draper, the reason that, like, it it kept going, though, was mostly because Claude Lemieux. Oh, well, that, it kept going because the games got feisty. I mean, that you had... Did, yeah. You had some guys that had red mist in them, you know, every Peter Forsberg and you, you know, Darren McCarty and Brendan Shanahan and Chris, you know, those guys played with the little red mist. And so, you know, and they, there's just that little bit, Oh, you know, the, the two top dogs fighting after each other, it was going to continue on. Um, I'm still I'm torn because would you say that San Jose and Vegas is a good one? Because it's you know abundantly clear that Vegas got jobbed, but they also shouldn't have given up all those goals. And it's abundantly clear they will not be meeting in the playoffs again this year. But I think it I, I think it's not just at the team level and meeting in the playoffs that that fuels it. Um 
I think what really sort of makes the interesting ones are the player rivalries amongst them. So you think about Ryan Reeves and Evander Kane chirping at each other constantly. And I think that sort of fuels it even more. So I'm wondering if, and I'm, I'm going to apply this to the, the Carolina Capitals, I'm wondering if Svechnikov and Ovechkin, you know, if there's no heat between the two of them, that'll kind of kill any potential rivalry outside of one that manifests itself in the playoffs and who knows how vicious it would be. But if there's some heat between those two, you know, say in a playoff game, no, it's 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 all pro wrestling, right? There has to be a heel, there has to be a baby face, and you know it's it's the basis of every good story. Well, if that were true, Brad Marchand would be going to the All Star game. <laughs> because the league should lean into to the heel angle a whole lot more. Because I. No, they try to do the good, clean, fun angle, which is kind of baffling, frankly. Sidney Crosby should have been a villain because he'd be damn good at it. Mm-hmm. But oh. I bring that up because why isn't Marchand going to the game? Is it because it was in St. Louis and he, you know, took a shift off and St. Louis scored, you know, oh. this past June? Is that why he's not going? Huh. After, oh. after... He was egging on the crowd in Tampa. Oh, how long ago was that? Oh, one year. Oh God, yeah, he leaned to get he leaned in to getting booed in in that All Star game. Yeah. But so did Kane that year. So well, he had no choice in the matter. Well, he was standing next to John Scott. <laughs> right. And yes, he had no choice in that matter, and he's still a. Un, um, yeah. Not a terribly likable player. How about that? Yeah, yes, a player you. that has shown no receipts yet is constantly thrown in her face as a, a symbol of something. Correct. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, um, I don't know. I, 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 I love, I, I know I get heat for this, but I freaking love Marshawn. <laughs> I will not defend when he toes when he like, egregiously flies over the line at something but those those marginal ones i'm like mm, yeah that's gamesmanship sometimes kids <laughs> you know that's he's another one of those that you just he steps you know just the little big toe goes over the line and he just goes neener 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 and you gotta kind of love those guys every once in a while i don't care what team they play for <laughs> just because yeah, they put some they it's put entertainment. Exactly. Thank you. It just puts something into the game. Something for the love of God. Like like Connor McDavid saying it's great to come to Toronto and it's even better to leave. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite just sort of zing. <sighs> I wish I would have heard that and in, in, you know, heard the actual interview instead of everyone say that because oh. Well, it, um, it's they they took the they took the cut of it. They took the exact quote and put it in the most recent Thirty One Thoughts podcast because obviously, right, and that's where I first learned of it because I mean yeah. I saw the goal. Well, I did God, not. not. <laughs> well, no, most people just saw him dance around the defender. How many people watched how incredible that goal was? 
Oh, I did. Oh, cause... just that, just that final move. He gets the goalie sliding, drag backhand, and then he right he goes him. across his body, yeah. top shelf. Yeah. Oh. A little, a little backhand drag leaves it behind his body and just freaking roops it. I mean, he un he undressed half of Toronto. <laughs> Yeah, I yes, just I be. loved it. <laughs> I just loved it, and you know, I I I'm just going to continue to to bang this drum again. Two steps. You will never see another player as fast after two steps as Connor McDavid. It took him two steps to completely turn style Morgan Riley, and he wasn't even close. I mean, Morgan Riley is not a bad player. Morgan Riley is a very good skater and a very fast defenseman. He got him crossed up. And in two steps, he was like an entire car length behind Morgan Riley. It's that's that to me is just like, yeah, you're done and dusted. Just if you let him get two steps, goodbye. Poof. Oh, that was so. Yeah, <clears throat> everyone, you know, I everyone was all Svech, the Svechnikov, the Svechnikov, and then oh. Oh, God, yeah, there's this guy, too. He can do things. <laughs> so, um, how about that goal from Connor, hey? <laughs> <laughs> Although I could do without the it's already the best goal of the decade. Yeah. Oh, God, I hate that. Oh, just... how, about, how about we wait nine more years? And if you still remember it, we'll talk. How about just time's an illusion and just enjoy it? Well, there's that, too. How about the end of the decade is next year because we don't start counting at zero, we start counting at one. <laughs> just oh, that's too pedantic for everybody. <laughs> just like Dude. Vancouver and Buffalo are celebrating their 50th something, even though it's neither their 50th anniversary nor 50th season. Are you are you discounting the uh, lockout the, year? The lockout year. <laughs> Someone is. Should Not be. to mention their 50th, like a birthday. You have to complete something for you to add one to your total. That doesn't mean you. That doesn't mean you can't sell. Like, okay, here, I'll be this guy. I'll be that guy. <laughs> we had a we had a year long celebration for my mother when she turned eighty. It did not start on her birthday. It started on her seventy ninth birthday and went until her eightieth birthday. So we celebrated her eightieth birthday. All year long to the 80th birthday. Mm -hmm. And Cassie, you do start counting at zero. Without zero, you can't have a complete set. Without zero, you can't have one. I would argue with that, but this is not the time or place for um, ancient civilization uh, writings and such. <laughs> hey, hey, Pat. Yeah. If you start, if you start referencing an index at one, what do you get? Ah, uh, two. You get an out of bounds array. Well, it depends on what language you're working in. <laughs> the world starts at zero. Uh, it's uh, no, it's a stupid Gregorian calendar crap. <laughs> I know. I don't care about them celebrating, you know, but to, it, it just let them celebrate where the hell they want. A decade starts whenever you feel it does. To me, it's all <laughs> meaningless anyway, because it's not actually 2020. It's more like four billion three hundred and eighty-five thousand five hundred and fifty-four. And a half. <laughs> and a half, you know, <laughs> exactly. Just cause, just because someone determined that it 
roughly takes 365, sometimes 366. No, it's not accurate. Okay, no, well, it, it takes roughly 365 days to complete a circle, a, <sighs> a complete orbit, roughly. So if we're going to get into accuracies about pedantics and semantics, give me a break. So honestly, what you're saying is we just need to do away with days of the week. Yes. There would be no more Wednesday night run NBC. And we could just show games that are good on a date in the future. And that's Correct. how you could analyze things. I did, you know, add another date of the week. I don't care. <laughs> remove a day from the week. I don't care. Add one or remove one. I don't care. All right. Let's refocus. <laughs> what? Isn't that what we do when we end the show? <laughs> I know. Have I ever listened to this show, right? <laughs> you you are aware of who you're communicating with. I'm like you. <laughs> Squirrel. <laughs> so what happened to this week? <laughs> with exasperated sighs, Mr. Clark, is something troubling you? <laughs> Yeah, but nothing in the hockey world, so... Oh! My, so, my recall memory is... Well, looking into the future, someone's going to be outraged by Whaler's Night tonight, at the time we record. John mm -hmm. Pye McKenzie, because Dougie Hamilton's wearing his retired number. Probably. Um, Jack Edwards can't... Well, he'll be at something... Uh, but they're not playing Boston this year. Um, That's probably why they didn't do it on a Boston night. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm going to say I'm going to be outraged because L.A. is probably not going to wear their throwbacks. Because I don't they, think they've worn there yet this season, have they? The the What the hell are their throwbacks this year? I don't remember seeing them. Are they doing the, – that's not the – People were calling for the Burger King logo. I remember that, but are they doing? No, no, they're they're doing an early. They're doing a Gretzky era. Oh, the jersey. black. Oh, okay, mm. okay. Remember, because then they had the reveal video yeah. with um, what's her name? Oh, going to make me mad. Oh, you know her. Player on uh, Junior Kings who's trying to go to a tournament over in Europe. <sighs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there. Yes, I know who you're talking about. I'm terrible with names, apparently. That's okay. So long uh, as you're good. With, so long as you're good with people, who you can't remember their names. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't remember if they were. I couldn't remember that, obviously. And I was kind of hoping they'd go back to the. Uh, Forum blue and gold chess piece. Mm. Throwback. Oh, with the queen's crown. Yes. Yes, that'd that's, be that's, excellent. That's why I call it the chess piece. Um. Um. Oh. Uh. Uh. uh collect your collect your winnings if you had Peter Laviolette. Oh yeah. Yeah. And uh. <laughs> Coyle actually firing if, someone mid-season. If, if you had the Laviolette um, 
firing Heinz, hiring Pecorini, goal scoring trifecta. Boy, did you make out like a bandit. <laughs> Buy a lottery ticket. Seriously, that's what they. Uh, not to go off topic. Oh, wait, it's our podcast. That's all we do. Um, <laughs> I think they need to do start doing bets like that. <laughs> you know, I want to. I want to parlay the coach firing, coach hiring, and performance of a given player after the firing into a trifecta. <laughs> I want to put a grand down on this. <laughs> Peter De, Peter DeBoer gets canned. Bob Boudner gets hired. And Logan Couture scores a hat trick. You know, that kind of no, thing. No, 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 no. That's too easy. It's uh, Brent Burns shaves. Uh, no. Because, because he's going to get traded to the New York Islanders. And, and oh, God. I, I think he would probably not show up <laughs> and shame. <laughs> just, you mean C. Montgomery Lamarillo? <laughs> shave those Lamarillo. sideburns. Burns. What did I say? Shave those sideburns. <laughs> he comes out bald, but I did. <laughs> and would Ooh. he? Would would uh would Lou make him change his number? Mm, oh God! Uh, we don't allow 88s. <laughs> oh. Again, I don't know that I don't know that he would show up. <laughs> well, yeah, <I've... laughs> I had to look it up, figuring he has a full no move. No, no. no. Brent Birds has a modified no trade where he only he gets to submit a three-team trade list. But was that submitted at the time? That he signed that, or does that is that submitted at the time of them asking him to, tr- you know, to be traded? He submits a three-team list every year on July first, and has for the past three years. Oh, nice. Oh. So here's the question: outside of, I'm gonna say Minnesota might be on that list, or at least was back in 2017. Um, who does three teams be? Ottawa? Ottawa. <laughs> <laughs> you owe me a Coke. God, dang it. That, that was easy. I'm figuring this is a three teams you're willing to be traded to. I don't. I would guess so. that would be right. I don't think so because they don't. Um, Wilson, I won't say what I want to say. Um, <laughs> I don't think Wilson's that. I can't find the right word here. I, I don't think he would paint himself into that tight of a corner with any of his players. Well, you say that, but if you go and look up Logan Couture and Evander Kane, they have that specific clause. Player submits a list of three teams he would accept a trade to. So it this is, is all accor- this is all according to Cap Friendly. Okay. But Burns is is listed like this. Player submits a three-team trade list every year on July 1, starting in 2017, and in each year for the duration of the contract. Okay. Now, I presume this language was written at the time they knew the details of the clause. Yeah, okay. So, wow, I I did not dig that deep into those contract details on Cap Friendly. Um, 
So my opinion of Doug Wilson continues to grow in, in its current direction. And we all know how favorable that is. So, yeah, should, he's hamstrung. Yeah, should, should I pile on? Oh, feel free. <laughs> Martin Jones is, is the exact same thing. I, I knew Martin Jones had a really crazy one, too. Three-team list. That he's willing to be traded to. Yeah, this is... How much you want wow. to bet Ottawa would be on Martin Jones's list just to get out of there? Yeah, but I don't know if Ottawa has anything to trade back that Wilson would want. Craig Anderson? Anderson. Yeah, I, I have a, um, his name's cropped up in a couple places, and I was actually thinking about this recently. If there is any out there who wants a goalie um, I would seriously be looking at an Ottawa because I they'll want to dump that salary yeah I don't I don't remember how much how long he's got left but and he's good right it, it's and, a good it's a good year yeah exactly because Craig Anderson does alternating years <laughs> every every even year he's good every odd year he's off so you know if you're if you're a team that's looking for a solid backup or a guy that may help get you to a secure playoff spot, that might be an interesting deal. So and, and it is the last year of his deal. It is the last year. Okay, yes. I, I knew we were close. So yeah, you know, uh, Toronto, no, never do it. Um, but yeah, <laughs> if I'm Martin, if I'm Martin Jones, I want the hell out of there. I get my salary regardless of where I go. Yep, okay, get me out of here. Because I don't think we'll see him start again anytime soon. Not the way Aaron Dell has been playing. Well. Uh, between syphilis and gonorrhea, which one <laughs> are you taking, right? That's, you know, it's... Choose choose the best of this of the STDs, Pat, because that's where that's what they're <laughs> stuck with in that. I, I I hate to be so vulgar about it, but it's kind of where they're at. <clears throat> and I continue to adore the people that sit there and go, they're too talented to be this bad. And I'm like, where are they talented? Where? Show me. They have two defensemen. That are offensive powers. They have a Vander Kane who's a middling player who's never really shown me much of anything. He's a solid guy, solid second, third line player. Is he a first line winger? And the silence answers my question. It's all about reputation. People people it hear is. things and they all like accept that what they hear is true and they don't yeah. actually sit there and watch or look at the stats for themselves. Tom Tomas Hurdle, fantastic player. Is he a first-line center? No. Is Logan Couture a first-line center? No. Nope. They don't They're, have a first-line center. Right. They have two second-line centers. At yes, best. I would agree. At best, they have two second-line centers. And I will say Evander Kane is a first-line winger for at least a third of the league. Okay, I'll give you that. I, I, I think he's in the... He's, you know, that third tier of, of wingers. I'll give you that. I mean, his personality aside, I'll give you that. 
Now, he's like a year or two away from dropping off the cliff, but... Correct, because he's 28. 28, yeah. One of the... He'll probably turn 29 tomorrow. Yeah, he's there. Uh, You know, Logan Couture, no longer a spring chicken. Tomas Hurdles, 26. Hearing that Couture's already 30. Yeah. Just scared me. I knew he was an older rookie. My goodness. Not that much older. I mean, he was, you know, he basically came in while Ryan Clough was still there. Yeah. And, hey, he's he's only the uh, third oldest forward on the team. Correct. <sighs> Which, by the way, congratulations to Joe Thornton for becoming the oldest player in Sharks history to score a goal. <laughs> it was bound to happen, right? Well, <laughs> there there are many things that that people need to be amazed with in that whole sentence. I mean that there's there is a lot of infrastructure under those words because people will be like, "Yeah, okay, great," and then it hits you like a joke grenade. How, how long was his drought? Is my question. Well, oh. it's it was his second goal of the season. <laughs> Could be worse. And and we'll still continue to unpack here. <laughs> Joe, it was his 415th goal in his career. Mm-hmm. Oh. Which means that he's shot the puck. <laughs> a guy who has literally w- less than a third of his total points in the NHL are goals. I loved that stat. I just... He, I. I think it's roughly less than one-third of his total NHL points or goals. The guy never shoots. <laughs> never. So him scoring was just like, wait, he shot it? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, a friend of mine who is a big San Jose Sharks fan did a fantastic Photoshop a number of years ago of um, the EA Sports controller diagram. You know, for hockey, it shows you what buttons do what. And he just replaced every button with pass and said Joe Thornton setting. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so it's like move player, move stick, and then all of the buttons, the bumper buttons, the triggers, the X, Y, A, and B, were all just pass. (laughs) Because it's so true. Well, you know, in his defense, he is... (laughs) Oh, he's. A- <laughs> I'm gonna say this. It's it's gonna age me and and you, Patrick. Um, <laughs> in his defense, when he started playing hockey in the NHL as a center, it was his job to pass the puck and not necessarily to shoot. That has since changed. The role of center is no longer that, but he's still playing like he used to play 20 years ago. <laughs> so. Yeah. For a guy, you know, where where he started, having a third of his points be goals is actually what was the expectation of centers at the time he started playing in the NHL. Only if you were trained by Adam Oates. Um, <laughs> he also fought a lot, too, when he came into the league. Um, yeah, I had something else I was going to say. Oh, yeah, the uh, I want to go back to the Predators because... Wow. What the hell? Um, John Hines. <laughs> I mean, am I the only one that kind of makes perfect sense? Okay. I, I don't. 
necessarily think it's the worst thing in the world, but... Only I saw this okay. I saw this tweet the other day and it summed it up nicely and it said only in the NHL do people start clamoring to hire a guy that was fired for doing a bad job. <laughs> Once your foot's in the fraternity's door, you have you have to you have to be carried out by someone else. Pretty much. I Okay, let's set nepotism aside because that's it's crawling all over this issue. Cronyism, mm-hmm. yes. Okay. All right. What other than promoting someone, which they clearly weren't going to do, or else why did they fire you know Laviolette's best buddy in uh, Kevin McCarthy, who's been shown the door every time Laviolette's been fired, uh, maybe with the exception of Philly. But they weren't going to promote someone from within. And they're not going to pay, you know, a Babcock salary or even, since we were just talking San Jose, a Pete DeBoer salary. They don't have to pay the full salary. No. They have to pay Laviolette's salary. They have to pay for now. Until his contract's expired or another team agrees to pick up. All, all right, all right. We can talk about nepotism again, but <laughs> okay, okay. But um, can we also agree that coaches don't really matter in the NHL that much? So the fact that Hines was the hire versus anyone else, anyone else, <laughs> like let's say you know Bob Bugner was still on the sidelines and he wasn't given the assistant job this year. Teddy X and Y anger. You know, the guy who just does the X and Y axis. Yeah. Z up to someone else. Yeah. Um, I mean, who else was would they hire? Presumably given give them a contract mid season, because everyone's gonna wait until the spring when multiple jobs open and oh, you know, a 30 second position is soon available or at least semi hireable. Go Gooey Ducks. Yep. <laughs> hey, weren't we supposed to get that team reveal soon? Uh, first half of 2020, which means sometime after the season ends, and <laughs> which means sometime in the second half of 2020. The way things. I had uh, last I heard it was like February or March, but probably June. <laughs> June Keep sounds going. about right. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. Um, I. <sighs> I struggle with this because I see all the backlash, right, about the cronyism and, you know, discussion on things like having a a Rooney rule, I think it's what it's called. Um, I don't know. I go back and forth because you hire what you know. And also the other part of it, too, especially mid-season, is that if you need someone right now, you're not going to spend two weeks trying to like research junior coaches or AHL coaches to like offer them a job that they may or may not take. Well, I was kind of also backtracking the timelines and going, if David Poyle was sending feelers out to like AHL coaches, you know, from unaffiliated teams or OHL, CHL coaches or college coaches, you think that word's not getting out? 
Yeah. You know, so <laughs> I, I logistically I can completely understand, right? You like kind of like you were hinting at Cassie is you have a very limited pool to pick from if you do this mid-season. Mm-hmm. It's basically guys who don't currently have a job cuz everyone, you know, you can't interview five people middle of the season without it getting out. And unless you're on your bye week, you know, which doesn't happen until it might be too late for some teams, what are you going to do? And I, I can get behind that. My my problem with it is usually like when it's middle of summer or middle of off season hires and they still do it. It's I, like I, the laziest thing ever. I'm a I'm a hundred percent behind you or behind, I'm a hundred percent standing behind you on that one. I'll just stand there and look at people and go neener neener neener. No, I'm hundred <laughs> percent on that one. That's that is just lazy. But. You know, Toronto, obviously being Toronto, they had the guy they wanted already in the AHL, and everyone was just ready to move up a spot anyway, so no big deal. And given the state of, well, Milwaukee in the AHL is nothing to cheer home about because they've had a number of prospects down on the farm, like Tolvanen. Who just kind of, he's just kind of a name now that we used to talk about. Yeah, he was, he was their big, he was their big ticket prospect for a long time. And yeah, every time anybody says Milwaukee, I just want to go Milwaukee as the Algonquin people. Mm-hmm. Um, who knew Alice Cooper rocked? Um, is this guy not a party or what? <laughs> um, Oh, I take that back. Milwaukee's in first place in their division at the moment in the AHL. I and second in the league overall, based on winning percentage. I I put about as much weight into AHL stats and team stats as I um, um yeah I can't come up with a good analogy right now. My brain's fried. <laughs> I don't put I don't put any weight in because you've got teams like Toronto that spend millions of dollars on their AHL franchise to pull in effectively ringers. They've got, you know, guys like Rich Clune, you know, guys who are who just not I don't want to say aged out, but who aren't NHL, you know, prime NHL caliber anymore, but are you know, it's kind of like the beer league syndrome. The guy that comes down, you know, just retired from the AHL is still better than any beer leaguer will ever be. A guy that played college hockey for two years is still going to be better than the vast majority of every beer leaguer. So they've got just a bunch of ringers on some of these AHL franchises. And some of it's because the prospect pools for those teams aren't terribly deep. So they have to fill a roster. How do you fill a roster? Well, you bring in guys who are willing to take an AHL contract. And oftentimes those guys are players that are just not there for the NHL, but are still going to be better than the vast majority of the guys who are in the A. And you have an experienced goalie. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. There's there's the other thing. Looking at Milwaukee and kind of Nationals depth chart, that's kind of what I'm pointing to because they've got a whole lot of 
journeyman. Yep. On this roster. That's that's a better word for what I. That's that is a more concise word than the three minute I just spent trying to describe <laughs> journeyman. Yeah, just you know, I know. AHL's there to be a development league, not a proof of of our our franchise is better than your franchise. So no, and really, your your minor league team should kind of be a roller coaster. It should be, yeah. One year you're up, the next year you're probably going to be down because you're either going to lose a bunch of veteran guys that are just in the way of someone up and coming. Or all the good prospects are going up to the main club. Yeah, you, you think of um, uh, who were all the Coops Troops guys? Uh, oh God, where was the franchise in Tampa when they won the Calder Cup? And it was all the Norfolk. young kids. Norfolk. Yeah, and they brought up the core the next year to yeah. Tampa, and then totally gutted, <laughs> gutted yeah. their HL team when they did that. <laughs> But that's that's one of those that also showed you that those guys came in and were the reason that that team was good, and when they moved up, that team got bad. Right, and that's how it should be. I mean, right. in, in in that situation, though, it wasn't like Toronto. They actually had drafted well, and they had right, stocked right, right. their farm team with prospects, which we as we've mentioned before is the problem with most of the nhls they don't know one how to draft and two how to develop prospects they just see them as trade pieces right and that's why i always sort of come back to you know over a 10-year span you probably your ahl franchise probably should have backed into a calder cup championship if not a finals appearance at some point Mm -hmm. and if you're never there that's more of an indicator to me than season over season. You know, those sort of five-year chunks. Okay, way- so we're ba- we're back talking about San Jose's. No, no, actually, it's not. It's not exclusively San Jose. It's Minnesota. It's um. It, uh, well, now uh, it's Tampa again. <laughs> yeah, but if you look at in five-year chunks, you know, Iowa's never really been up there. San Jose has never really been up there. The Ontario rain until recently had never really been up there. You know, Philly, wherever they are. Lehigh Valley, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's because either you're drafting in those and the guys you draft are going straight to the the NHL. And, you know, the first-round guys, by and large, the, the top 10 and above, are starting to just land in the NHL more frequently. It's those middle down and second rounders that you may let grow a year at major junior college and then pull into the AHL. But you should see over five years, your draft prospects lifting your AHL franchise up. So it is not directly at San Jose, although it is sort of a backdoor shot at, Roy Sommer and Doug Wilson, but you know, I like I said, I don't look at AHL stats in a year over year. I look at them in groups because at some point you better see that spike and that spike fall back down because all those players graduated, mm-hmm. so to speak. If you don't have anyone pushing up in your system for those top six roles, for those key core guy roles, you got big problems. 
And I think you, we should be evaluating junior coaches the same way outside of whomever's in uh, London, Ontario. Yeah, because like, they just what, what are your graduation rates? Yeah. Because, I mean, junior drafts are a bigger coin flip than pro drafts. When all yeah. is said and done. Oh, God, yeah. That the, you, sh- you should exclude the children of NHLers from that. Because, you know, they're kind of, I don't want to say they're ringers because not all NHL, not, not all boys who are children of NHLers are actually doing well in junior. But again, it's laziness on NHL teams parts where they scout, you know, the names of people that they know. Well, and I, I think one example, and we'll bring up um, Nashville again, that kind of leans to that is Jared Tenorti. Um, son of Mark, who was a big, is is a big kid, got drafted by Montreal based on name recognition. Mm-hmm. And then got traded around and traded around and then landed in Nashville. And I think, I know I know I saw him on the ice for Nashville the other night which is like the second time I've seen him in the NHL. So that's, uh, I think he got traded to Arizona, but basically that's a kid, you know, just who either didn't get good training in Montreal to, to develop his skill sets or um, just really isn't that good, but his name recognition made him part of trades that was appealing to some teams. So yeah, there's some laziness in there for, for, um, memorabilia, for lack of a better word, because English and I are apparently fighting again. <laughs> Cassie, save me, please, before I go stupider. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to um, my pet peeve of geographic uh, NHL rivalries. Um, so my question this week is: Are there any? Hockey doesn't have to be NHL. Are there any geographic hockey rivalries that you can think of that are actually legitimate rather than manufactured? Follow us on Twitter at 3B3 Podcast. This has been the 3B3 Podcast, sponsored by Nobody. <laughs>